Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are looking or watching or listening to us. And Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you so much for being with Material Business. And this special edition we have going on since a month ago, we are talking with um, women in STEM and it's been really successful, really fun, and we have enjoyed it a lot. So I hope you guys are enjoying it too. And Joanna, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come and sharing your knowledge and everything that uh, you have to say. And <laughs> thank you for the invitation. Anytime. So let me just go ahead and read your bio. Joanna Chavez Lares is a corrosion specialist with a chemical engineering bachelor's degree and a master's degree in corrosion. She is also certified as a cathodic protection specialist by AMPP by API. She started her professional path in 2005 in the oil and gas industry at Petróleos de Venezuela PDVSA where she developed risk-based inspection plans for static equipment, failure analysis, and corrosion control by cathodic protection and coatings. She has been a member of the Canadian Engineering since 2011, when she started working at Englo and then at Nordestello. She has worked on the design, evaluation, and troubleshooting of cathodic protection systems, risk-based inspection analysis for static equipment, corrosion-related root cause analysis, among others, for several clients. Her chemical engineering background also allowed her to run the corrosion laboratory at Englob. She loves to travel and try savory dishes from <laughs> other countries. That sounds delicious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome, Joanna. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for, for that intro. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So tell us, why did you end up in STEAM? Well, actually, I end up in STEAM because I was, uh, when I was in high school, where actually when I was studying, when, since I was little, I really like uh, math and physics. Actually, my my parents are high school high school teachers. My mom in literature and Spanish, and my father in mathematics and physics. Wow. So, I, <laughs> yeah, I I yeah, was like trained to. I had to be good at school, and mathematics and physics were the the subjects that I liked the most while I was studying. So, in Venezuela, it was like okay, if you like these subjects, you should go to engineering. It was like, it wasn't, yeah, it was just because of that. And when I uh, finished my, uh, the high school that I needed to go to the, to the university, it was like uh, among two uh, parts of, of what I wanted to do. One was engineering and the other one was to be an accountant. Yeah, because I really, I really like math. <laughs> <laughs> actually so uh, and my mom she was always like pushing like you have to be good you have to be the best you can do anything you you set your mind to so she told me why do you study both so 
I went to the university, at, um, like the regular university, public university in Venezuela to study chemical engineering while I was studying to be an accountant at a distance university. But there I was like, yeah, I wasn't going like the whole career pool, but I was like taking two or three subjects depending on, on the engineering degree. So that's how I ended up because it was like 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 the way yeah, I wanted to discover what I wanted to do. And I really well while I was studying chemical engineering, I realized that I didn't like a processing process engineering that much. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Was very yeah. I was like okay. Um, I was on like in the sep, like in the seventh semester, and I was like yeah. But I have the a backup. I can be an accountant if I want to. I'm going just to finish chemical engineering just to to have the degree, and afterwards I will, I will go and finish the other one. But then something happened that in chemical engineering in in my university, which is uh, Universidad del Zulia. Uh, corrosion was a mandatory subject for to to get the degree. So in the first class, I fell in love with corrosion, and I said, "This is what I'm going to do the rest of my life." That's why I studied chemical engineering. Just in the first in the first class. So from that point going forward, I like I center myself. I say, "Okay, I don't like process engineering, but I like corrosion." So I'm going to all my all. Everything I do going from here is going to be like di directed to to work in corrosion in the future. So when I, f I finished my my degree and I started like immediately the, the masters and when I went to my first interview in PDVSA, it was to be a process engineer. <laughs> but while I was in the interview, I was like, yeah, process engineer, that's good, but corrosion is better. <laughs> and we should do that. And I started talking about cutter protection. I didn't get that job, <laughs> but the manager who was who was one of the managers who was at that interview said, "Why don't we open an, a, a position for a corrosion engineer in in that in that uh, organization that was growing up that was growing at that time?" And they say okay, and they opened a position just for me, and I was I was set up, yeah, just because I talk about corrosion with that, with with passion <laughs> during my wow. interview. Maybe a lot of passion <laughs> compared to processing, <laughs> but that got me, yeah, I up a job for me, and that's how I ended up. And from there, I was working. And at the same time, I was completing master degree at Centro de Estudio de Corrosión, which is at Zulia University as well. So wow. that's how I ended up. That's a, I didn't I finish. That. I didn't finish. Yes, I didn't finish the 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 accountant degree, but at least that helped me because I I was like in the middle of the of the career, that helped me in the project management part of the of, of engineering. So that helped me really a lot, those notions. <laughs> That's really yeah. cool. I have never thought of the connection um, between, but yeah, you're right, there's numbers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I say that everything that you learn 
pays off one time or another <laughs> later in life. Exactly. But you, you never know. <laughs> exactly. So that's really good. Awesome. When you're going to use it. And it's funny because process engineering really helps be helps you when you have problems with uh, internal corrosion to understand the basics. So for instance, here in Canada, I realized that corrosion was more it, it directed to materials or metallurgical engineers that mm -hmm. don't necessarily know a lot of about process. Mm -hmm. So when I go and help them uh, or I see from the processing point of view is I, I gave another perspective and they're always like, how do you know that? Yeah, because I have a background in chemical engineering. I saw that. So yeah, you everything you, you learn, you can use it later on. <laughs> Absolutely, that's so great. And you're absolutely yeah. right. Like every time that we do corrosion assessments or corrosion studies, CCDs, you name it, it is much more better to have the background from process. Yeah. And then it's critical exactly. to have that first meeting with the process person that walks you through the the system and then tells you exactly, exactly. how it, it goes. So yeah, that's really good. Awesome. <laughs> very interesting, very interesting. So yeah, tell me, what does that day-to-day -day look like for you? Because um, you work with all pipelines, and then yeah. we know that Canada has those pipelines that were built when the code was like this thick, not that thick. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh my God. Well, right now, because I didn't, well, it wasn't mentioned in the bio, but I work for an oil, uh, well, an operator, we have uh, like 800 to 1,000 kilometers of pipeline here in Canada, in Ontario, Quebec, and Alberta. And yeah, the day-to-day -day working at an operator is different from, from the consulting part, because as an operator, you have to know a lot, not only know about corrosion and the thickness and cutter protection, but you have to know about the regulations and about health and safety and about uh, agreement with other entities and to mix all that with corrosion. Mm -hmm. So in, from that point of view, you, you are like divided. You have to follow the, the like the inspections for, for the cutter protection of the pipelines or um, integrity in line inspections. You have to have all that documentation to uh, comply with the regulations. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I have like a little job like is to know what is happening where, uh, for instance, you, you mentioned the coding where it was thick, but we have some parts where we have tape, which is worse than the thick. <laughs> Because we we believe that in some parts the tape is funded and cutter protection is not going to that. So if, depending on how the length of those sections, you have to make a plan to be to to decide which section you are going to change first. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, we cannot excavate eight well I don't know 500 kilometers of pipelines at a time. Again, because you have to follow all those regulations and agreements and talk to a lot of people to change it. So you have to make a plan. So I will say like it's a little bit okay, technical part to like make your plan 
your risk plan, okay, which section I need to change first, but you have like a stakeholder part that you need to talk and to, let's say, not convince, but to, to try to make the other people or the other sections or the stakeholders engage to what, to what you're doing in the plan. So that's a really like an overall of what I do as a, as a correction specialist for a friend pipe for pipelines. Wow, that sounds there's a lot. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of, of little, little pieces. It's not only cathode protection, this cyanide, this cathode, this is the coating, but okay, you have to like explain that to engage the stakeholders to 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 back up your 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 plan to change the to change what you have to change because I'm saying tape but it could be also like a, a, a an anode bed that is uh, that is dying that you have to replace it well you, there you have to talk with a lot of entities to make that happen but you have to have a plan and to show them okay why <laughs> so it's it's a lot of that absolutely and maybe for people that don't really know about the Canadian regulation, each jurisdiction, each province has their own uh, regulation. So if a pipeline like crosses the board uh, between the province of, let's say, Ontario and Quebec, then you'll have two different regulators to comply with. Yeah, yeah, but what what in those cases or what companies does in those cases is they select the 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 more the the more difficult one the and we applied it yeah the, yeah exactly the stringent one and we're going to apply it in, in in all so it's going to be it's going to be easier you know if we that works in let's say Quebec for for something that's going mm -hmm. to work in the rest Awesome. Yeah, that yeah. De definitely that simplifies uh, exactly. the amount of paperwork, I'll say. <laughs> Unless, well, for, for the part of inline inspection, I know that they ch there are a lot of changes between Alberta and Ontario and Quebec. Mm -hmm. And it's it's more it's more difficult to to make them all equal. So for for instance, for inline inspection, yeah, I know that that's going to be depending on the jurisdiction, but cathodic protection is not, it's not like, it's, I feel like nobody, like the regulators don't, is like they don't actually know how that works. So it's, it's not that hard to, to comply with, with one and to comply with the others. It's going to mm -hmm. be, it's going to be better or more easier. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's interesting. So you mentioned that you you have to play also the role of the tell like stakeholders we need to do this we need to do that. Can you tell me like which tools do you have like because I know like we love corrosion right like when when we find I I, I remember my times at inspector and then I came out of the vessel smiling and like oh I found the crack and everyone was trying to kill me like why are you smiling and so. It is definitely not with technical arguments, it's not with the amount of corrosion. It is like what are some of those, you know, convincing terms or what are what tools do you have to say, okay, this is important, we need to do this and get them to listen. 
Well, uh, I think fortunately somebody has already started that job mm-hmm. <laughs> within the, the company. So it hasn't been that hard. I will say that in some cases, it will say like the, the, the most difficult case has been like the AC corrosion. Now, there are some parts that we need to to improve, like the the mitigation system, because there are, those are mitigation systems that were installed. I don't know, I don't know when, because I don't have joints or plants, but they don't work anymore, or the power lines had increased their uh, the 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 yeah the, the current capacity. the, the <laughs> capacity in time. So we have yeah. To, to to convince or to talk with people with the with stakeholders about that has been from the point of view of safety personal safety mm-hmm. so in those cases i talk to them in, yeah, in terms of personal safety uh, for the the 15 volts because in some cases we have seen volts higher than than 15 that might not mean corrosion but for in terms of personal they are they're not good, or we are not under the the, the regulations, uh, and it has worked. Like that that has been the the argument that I've used. Like okay, yeah, but we're in terms of safety, we're not we're not complying. So mm-hmm. project has have like worked out because of because of that. But yeah, I usually use like the the safety use safety um, arguments to 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 convince or to to talk about them because that that is like the most well i one of the most powerful tools mm-hmm. in this industry it's it's very you can have having an accident it's not it's not very good in terms of money in terms of of uh, uh, uh yeah how other how uh, public is going to see you so that part is always it's always good to to point that out. To spend one thousand dollars to install a ground bed now, but in terms of how much that does a um, excavation to close a hole cost, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that is going to be at least five thousand dollars. So it's up to you what you want to do. So usually it's safety and money to 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 use a, a convince yeah to convince people or stakeholders to make them be in your in your your way because as you say technical part that we find like I don't know exciting for them it's not going yeah. to be that exciting. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's what we were talking the other day, and then someone said to me, "Is we we need to." get in the terms that they understand and uh, those are definitely two of the major indicators that always make the message come across exactly so it is it is very interesting so it seems you've been in many many projects from all the projects that you have worked on like which one you have a a really good remembrance or bad remembrance whatever it's like it's a special to you in some way uh, when I, I I will say that the first my first project here in in Canada, which was working with the with some telecom companies, that I don't know if you have seen the towers that they use to for telecommunications that they are like everywhere. 
some of the of those towers are anchored to the soil with metal legs and um, bl uh, concrete blocks at the end of those legs. So I, but I, when I started, there was the company I was work for at that time was starting a project to inspect the legs and to install cataract protection systems with by sacrificial anodes to, to for the legs because the the area is not that it's not not that large, but it's important. Mm -hmm. So that job took me like all around Quebec and Ontario. <laughs> Because there were there were towers like everywhere, so I get to know a big part of the of the country because of that. So, and I saw towers like in the middle of, of farms, in the middle of cow fields, corn wow. fields, you <laughs> name it. <laughs> so I get to I get to meet a lot of people while working there, and a lot of uh, places, amazing places around Canada. And that really helped me with my French. <laughs> so it was it was hard because at the, I remember during the interview that they, they, we discussed at that company we were discussing like field work. And I was like, yeah, I come from the oil and gas industry. I'm used to field work and safety equipment and filling filling out permits. But when I started a project, it was like really field forest work yeah but i'm not used to this and it's cold <laughs> a different so, kind of feel yeah it completely different kind of feel i was not expecting that so i'm always going to, to remember that and it's good because after all that work we do we did at that time and for a lot of years i think they're still working on that there is a um an organization here in Canada that takes care of antenna uh, towers, and they are um, ha they are like working on on standards to mm -hmm. how they are going to apply cataract protections to those towers. Because yeah, the beginning was like we put anodes, we don't know what they are, we put them inside the 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 bag that they come from. <laughs> <laughs> We don't take out the bag, so it's not really working because they don't know. So yeah, that that organization is working to to yeah because they are the they work with the the towers like in general they hide part the inspection part of the yeah like the wire anchors like the the wires like the antenna like the all the the structure. Yeah, but they they started like in a in a standard for the underwrap parts, so it was it was really cool to be a part of that. Wow! So how long were you traveling for? Oh my god! Like from 2011, and yeah, I was coming and going until 2014. I said because at that time I started as a technician because I didn't have the 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 order stamp to work as an engineer but when i got it i started being project manager for those works so i didn't do the travel that long just to train personnel and i was more in the in the office taking care of the of the of the project from wow. the office that sounds amazing it makes you yeah. see parts like you said that normally regular people will not even think about so yeah. 
It's very interesting. Super. It was. Excellent. So you've worked in different companies, different industries, fronts. Why do you think it's important that, you know, academia and labs and industry, regulators, we were talking about regulators, that we all work together in this industry? Why do you think it's important? I think it is important because each one of those parts of those sections has some uh, um, like advantage, but they also have some limitations. And we work together, we, we, we create a synergy work to overcome those limitations, like the limitations that if each part has. So for instance, like if you're working like in the industry, you're like in the, your day-to-day -day job, you might not have a lot of time to think like outside the box to, to come up with new ways to solve something. While academia can do it, but maybe they don't have like the money to do so. So when we work all together, we can overcome all those limitations and those obstacles and the job gets done. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I, I cannot yeah. agree more with you. It's the more we include exactly. uh, people, the more One we another. include, exactly, the more we we bring um, different points of views, uh, people that have been for a long time uh, servicing, people that are just graduating, students, and I have seen very brilliant um, students both pre and post grad and uh, presenting, for example, panels or, and it's very amazing to see a different yeah. point of view. So it's yeah, nice. absolutely, absolutely. I was uh, given a lecture for my uh, alma mater from my university uh, last year, and I was talking about AC uh, corrosion and mitigations and everything. And the, some professors that gave me that taught me at the university were there and they were like like from their point academia point of view they were asking some questions like oh but have you thought of doing this and this and no not at all i was like <laughs> only thinking about like the power line mm -hmm. <laughs> i wasn't thinking about talking to them and solving that first no but i will i will but yeah as you say they are everyone is going to have a point of view and it it's it's good that we are we're all working like together absolutely absolutely so i mentors or, or some guides can you talk a little bit about that <laughs> how did you got that opportunity or did you search for it or they it was something that appeared in your way like how does how is that work well, I will have to say that, yeah, I have some very good guides along my, my career since the beginning. I will have to say, first of all, was my mom, that even though she was not like in the engineering field, she was like in the education field, but I always saw her like studying, like improving, like, yeah, go, go, go. And yeah, when she retired, she was like in the managing part of education she wasn't teaching but she was a manager for the government so 
I don't know if that helped me a lot that I in that in education field, there are a lot of women like in Venezuela mm -hmm. at that time. So I really saw a lot of women like involved in doing the job and like go, we, we can do it, we can do it. And I think that really helped me like think that there's nothing I cannot do. I can, I have all the, the tools to, to do whatever I set my mind to. I will have to say that was my, like the first. The second was uh, my professor, Ola Distroconis de Rincón. And, and like, she, she was my my professor the first time I saw about corrosion. I saw something about corrosion. She was teaching my first class at the, when I was studying chemical engineering. And she was recently, her name is used for one award in AMPP for mm. the field, yeah, the Field Applied Technology Award. Uh, because she's very, she's very good in in the corrosion. She's very known in the corrosion in the corrosion field. And I will have to say she because I remember that I I think I'm never going to forget that class as she said. Okay, not a lot of you are going to love this field, and that's why you are always going to find a job. <laughs> and if but if you like it, if you are good, if you study, you're going to find a job, and you are going to. And she was right. And yeah, from that moment, she was like. And after that, when I started the master in, in the Centro Estudio de Corrosión, um, there were a lot of professors as well. That is funny because there, most of the professors were women. So it was, yeah, it, we have uh, La Profesora Matilde uh, Fernandez de Romero, which was a specialist in internal corrosion. Uh, Yolanda Hernandez, that was specialist in concrete corrosion. So a lot of persons who studied with me and were doing their, their masters at that time, but they were working at the laboratory were women, Valentina Millano. So it was like, okay, I was surrounded by these amazing women that helped me like improve. I had professors <laughs> that were men as well, like my my tutor for my my thesis at the master degrees, which is Miguel Sanchez that helped me along the way. And actually we are in communicate we're still in communications and wherever I have a, a question, a technical question in electrochemistry. <laughs> He's the guy I call <laughs> and I contact. <laughs> yeah, and when I got here, uh, actually it was just a thing of of believing in what my professor Ladi said that there's corrosion everywhere, and mm -hmm. you're going to find a job wherever you go. And when I got here, I a lot of people told me, oh, but you are a chemical engineer, you won't find a job. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but I'm not a chemical engineer. I'm a corrosion <laughs> engineer. Oh, but where's that? And mm -hmm. how do you tell that I'm not going to find a job? So I got tired of everyone saying you're not going to find a job. And I look for a job myself, I'm like, okay, jobs, <laughs> corrosion, <laughs> Montreal. And the first uh, CV I sent, they they contact me right away, and I started working with them like three months after I arrived here in in Canada, and after that it was just like contacts and knowing people, and as you said, I've worked in a lot of a lot of industries, 
and that opened a lot of opportunities for for the rest. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Did you see a difference like coming from it seems to me like a lot of the the um, the people in Venezuela that are in this field, there is a lot of uh, empowerment in the women's side. Uh, did you feel the same way in Canada or, or do you feel that in Canada is your experience that is more male dominated or more or is equally or how do you see that? No, I think because I, I try not to put uh, uh, like I don't let that to discourage me. So I mm -hmm. yeah, when I arrived here, it was more male dominated than, than women. <laughs> Actually, in Vene back in Venezuela, like in the industry, when I when I when I was working, there were more men that were working, for instance, in cadre protection. But that never, I never saw that like and as okay, there are more men, uh, they won't listen to me. I really didn't take. It was like okay, they are just persons. Mm -hmm. So in here, I have, I think I've seen the same thing. There are more men working in in engineering in general. But I don't see that that as an impediment. It was like, okay, there are persons I'm going to be me and I'm going to, to show what I have and what I know. And I think that that has helped me. Of course, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's really yeah. great. So what would you tell yourself 15 years ago? What do you tell Joanna? like the younger version of yourself, if you can go. I would have to say that don't be afraid to make mistakes because mistakes are a great way to learn, mm -hmm. like the best way to learn. <laughs> and everything is going to be good. good. It's going to work at the end. So I think will be that <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> I'm still learning it, but yeah, I would like to. I would have loved to learn it before earlier. So are you using you're saying that you're still learning it? What techniques are you using to learn that or how do you embody that within yourself? No, I'm still like every time I'm well, I make like something that I consider a mistake or that it doesn't work. It's just like, OK, we're going to to. I try not to take it personally mm -hmm. and to think to to. Yeah, to think that okay, this is the best I could do with the information I had at this moment. So that's mm -hmm. why I took that decision. So it's more like an internal <laughs> an internal work. I. I yeah, to think about that, like med try to meditate a lot. Thinking uh, about that, being less hard on myself when I when I make mistakes. That's really great that you're mentioning that. And the very reason I am asking is because the previous interview we talked uh, with with two of the ladies, and that very subject came up, and oh. um, it is it is a very we were talking about how it is very important that we take care of ourselves and then that we know yeah. our limits. And then she, Lauren said that you need to um, 
what did you say? Forgive yourself and, you know, uh, allow yourself to be gentle with yourself is what you said. Exactly. Be gentle with yourself and then make sure that you take care of yourself in that way. So it's talking to different people, uh, different, you know, backgrounds uh, and then ages, different and then industries different parts of the country or the continent or whatever and we come up with the same theme so it is very important so whomever is listening to this and you're younger than us yeah. that's yeah. one of the things we want to highlight is uh, really absolutely. take care of yourself absolutely cool. super perfect <laughs> so um now we have come to the time that I'll ask you, do you have any message for people that are listening to this? Um, I don't know, younger generation, um, women, men, uh, whomever is. Um, and then maybe someone that is thinking on starting a career in pipeline or in risk assessment or like, what is your message message for them? And that definitely will be, first of all, do the things that you love to do. <laughs> if you love to do some, if you like to do math and you want to, to be an engineer, well, do math and be an engineer. Don't let other people discourage you. Mm -hmm. And don't listen to, to, yeah, like the limitations of other people that they are projecting on you. So if you want, if you love something, go for it. And the second part will be like when you are when you are doubting, because there are some times of doubt, mm -hmm. always try to listen, let it, what if that goes right? <laughs> and that's a really nice approach. So yeah. we always think of the opposite, right? The what worst. if that goes wrong? But it's very important just to see the yeah. bright side. What if that goes right? What could what happen? Qatar uh, protection uh, technologies training. I did it like in 2010 in, in Venezuela, and I remember the first thing the teacher said was, when, "Okay, he presented himself and he said like only 20% of the people in this room is going to pass this this test." Wow, and I was like. Okay, so everyone was super nervous the whole seven, the whole six days because at that time we we took the the, the exam the last day like it was uh, written a written exam, and everyone was super nervous. Everyone was studying like crazy, and I, I remember I was only like, "What if I'm in the twenty percent?" Mm -hmm. So I tried to study, and the rest of the days were like, "I'm." What if I'm in the 20? Every time I had a doubt, like I'm not going to pass, like everyone else was, like the, in the same. We're all, we're always, we were all like, oh, we're not going only 20%. What if everyone was going like in the opposite direction? Oh, what happened if I don't pass? But I was like, what if I'm in the 20%? And I tried to study it and do all that week in that way. And I passed. <laughs> Oh, that's excellent. So I Definitely. always try like, what happened if I, if I, so, yes, I pass this test, if I get into that, into this company, for instance, when I finished the, the, when I went to the interview, I was the, this first interview here in Canada, I was like, yeah, it's going to be in French. 
you're not going to know. I don't know. They're going to ask you things that you won't know. Uh, yeah, but what if I pass everything? So I call myself and I, well, I, I got the job. So I always try to, to think in the best case scenario for, for, for those aspects. That is so amazing and it's a really good point of view to observe. Mm -hmm. Because like I said before, is uh, we are always focusing like your teacher set up your mindset already or, or the person in that training only 20% and then you get obviously your your brain exactly picks up on that and it's 80%. Oh my God, it's like the majority. So it's the chances are I won't. <laughs> chances are I won't succeed. Chances are I won't pass. But exactly. if you focus your mind on on the positive outcome, then it delivers a complete different message to your exactly. internal And that helps you a lot. And I think that, yeah, every time I have been like in something that I really want, I'm like, oh, I try to focus on what if I got it? What if the good thing, the good outcome happens? <laughs> That's really, that really interesting. Me. Thank you for sharing that. It's a really oh. good trick. <laughs> Perfect. So we've talked about the younger version of yourself and then anyone that is listening, but especially for women that want to start in, because we are talking about that, that this segment is dedicated to women. And yeah. I'm so happy and so grateful to all of you guys, all girls <laughs> that accepted to come and share because it's really motivating to someone that uh, is listening to this or watching this in the future and says, okay, if they're doubting, they know that there is 10% of us that succeeded or whatever it is. So do you have any, any message for those uh, girls or, or women well, that started? First of path? all, I think that this kind of, of of opportunities to share and to meet other women who, who succeeded. It's a very, very good tool because I think as I talked to, uh, as I as I mentioned before, I think the fact to see my mom to 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 be independent, to study, to uh, yeah, to motivate herself and to go for it. And after to see all my professors at the university, like they were teaching I the same, yeah, it was like same thing, men and women. So I think that helped me a lot to to open to that idea that was like, I am, we're the same and we can work in the same areas. We can do the same jobs. We can be leaders. We can be managers. We can be whatever we want to do. So first of all, is to to go and see to look for for information of people who have done the same thing because when I come when after that I realized that yeah the work in engineering especially is more male than women than female and but already was said that okay I can do whatever I I can do whatever I want and I can have a position wherever wherever I want I only have to to work so I think for those persons who already know yeah don't focus on the on the negative again <laughs> for instance I think I, I listened someone said that in AMPP 30% of the of the members were women well not focus okay only 30% 
Mm -hmm. Only if you want to be a member, be a member of the MVP. Nobody's going to tell you no. So it's that. It's like just follow your heart and don't let other people, the limitations of other people be projected on you. That's a really good skill to have. Yeah. And um, I guess it's, it's inherited because everything that you have been taught and then um, you looked after and very powerful women. And so I guess it is it is part of the, um, the reason on, on yeah. the successes that are, are there for sure. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> that so everything I know that everyone doesn't have the same the same opportunities. Maybe they come from another type of home. But yeah, just sharing and looking for information and seeing what others other women have done that could really that could really help and that gives yeah more tools to other to other women absolutely and maybe what if i if i allow myself to say reach out because sometimes yeah. it feels lonely but it doesn't have to like uh, exactly. you can you can look after other people and then reach out like i, I reached to joanna and i said i love what you're doing like do you want to come and, and share it and <laughs> yeah. she's like of course so it is like nothing wrong with reaching out and um and perhaps looking um to get a word of i don't know what to do like just like your professor that you always go if you have electrochemical questions yeah <laughs> just um just build yeah, exactly that, that build that community very important of, too exactly of trusted resources that you can go and say hey what would you do in my position or what do you think or do you know mm -hmm. something i can read or is, is there anything any resource you can do like and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that we can lift each other a lot uh, exactly. if we are if we are there together just like you said when we talk about academia and industry and all that the more we work together the better so i'm very yeah, grateful again to have <laughs> you know people that are so willing to come and share things and then extend the ladder for whomever is wanting to take it yeah yeah <laughs> good <laughs> awesome joanna it has been super a pleasure having you here thank you very much uh, for coming um i look forward to having you in uh, in the future yeah thank you for inviting me thank and you for for taking the time to do to prepare this for for women it's it's really amazing what you're doing thank you i appreciate that and for uh, for the rest of you, we'll keep posted. We'll continue with the series on women. And then if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe so you don't you're always uh, in the list of reception of our latest news. Um, and with that, we'll have a happy uh, rest of your weekend or your week. And we'll see each other in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank bye -bye. you. All. Bye. bye.